This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Welcome into the Triple Option. Royden Ogletree alongside. Royden uh, had a meeting at his actual job last week. So, Mm. you know, he said, look, I could come, but I'll get fired. And I was like, you know... I like the place you work, so I won't make you do it. Well, so. no, I had to tell them they needed to up my salary because you're paying me so much. To <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, listen, you have all the free whatever we can. I, I got nothing. Eventually, I'm going to take <laughs> one of these helmets. <laughs> nothing. I got nothing. You can have uh, – we have some old credentials of other people who oh. didn't use them. You can have all those. Yeah, I have plenty of those. Okay. I mean, but they're not. Like, they're not the one – they're not like they're yours. They're not mine. Because oh. they have somebody else's picture on right. them. So, they're for their collector's items. Are they? <laughs> like, I mean, who, they're, like who's in the, on them? <laughs> in the deep, dark corners of our website, there's people like, man, I wish I could get my hands on a – 2020 Colt Barber all sports credential. Right. Yeah. There's only one of them in the world. Mm-hmm. Right over there. You can sell it for <laughs> tens of cents. <laughs> yeah. If that. <laughs> Just wait until he cures cancer. Then you're going to want it. Right. Exactly. I mean, he's not on that path right now, but mm-hmm. I'm not saying Eventually he's, he I'm not saying out. he's not ever going to be like, he could be sitting around his house right now and go, you know what we should use eggplant. And then none of us have cancer, you know, <laughs> So, <laughs> what I was gonna say is that the that's the Italian way of, of yes, curing cancer. Yes, yeah, we we most most ills uh, with Italian food we can cure with garlic and olive oil, olive oil eggplant, you know, red sauce. You know, well, I mean, what was the what was the, my big fat Greek wedding thing? It was uh, Windex. 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 We're not we're not too different. Like you watch that, like that you could change that movie to my big fat Italian wedding. No different. No different. No different. Okay. No different at all. Like just breaking plates. It's the only real difference. That's right. that's it. Um, the names are all the same. My fam- like my family was full of Pete's. Full of Pete's. Pete's. Yeah, my dad was Pete. He was short Pete. Uh, he, well, there's a tall Pete. That's my godfather. There's Pete from Hearn. There's uh, Pete William. There's Pete. Like, there's a lot of Pete's. There's Pete Juniors. There's Was it Pete. literally his name that you called him Pete from Hearn? I, I just called him Uncle Pete. Oh, but okay. But, like, when you'd have to talk about, like, you, if, if Pete from Hearn wasn't in here, um, if the four of us were talking, we're all, say, you're all Catalina cousins. Mm. And I was like, oh, we went down to Pete's. And they're like, Pete from Hearn. Right, you had yeah. to, Which one? You, you had to have qualifiers in all of it uh, because that's how it works. you know. Mm. Um, so, yeah, there's only two Pauls or three. There's only three of us. And I'm like, that's why we went, hey, we're going to see Paul. You're like, ah, that's probably me. And one of them died in Bible times. <laughs> yeah. Years ago. Years in ago. Fact. No. This so, is a sports show. But yeah, no. Um, okay. We do. No, but we do small talk before, <laughs> before the show. Roy and I want your opinion on this. A friend of mine just sent me this. Oh, what? Uh, Garrett, I also want your opinion on this because right. I, feel, I feel like this is going to be one of those things where we get harmony from all people. Okay. I'm down. Wendy's wants to start Uber like surge pricing in 2025. So if you've never taken an Uber in a crowded city at 6, 10 p.m. They on a Thursday, you. you would know this, but if you get in an Uber and it's during busy times, they mm. throw a little extra money on you. We experienced this in Vegas recently a couple times. Right. Um, as, you know, I, you know, it was, you know, $35 to get to the 
uh, casino most days, but a couple days it was 56. Uh, and we took the same kind of car. All yeah, the I was going to say, by the way, it's like the mileage doesn't increase no. at all. Same, same route, but we were at surge pricing because for whatever reason, at 8.30 a.m. on a Thursday, we were paying more money, more people are going. So, uh, but uh, Wendy's is going to try surge pricing uh, and... They will use digital menu boards to change your burger's price based on overall demand. What? <laughs> if you want a we, Baconator, that's going to cost more or something? Yeah. Not for nothing. Maybe this is just all anecdotal evidence of like where we live. When is there a surge? <laughs> yeah, when is there? When is there? That's a good point. No, that's I think this is point, probably actually. anywhere. No, because is it like two cars? It's like your Baconator went up by a dollar. Yeah. No, I mean, I can, I can tell you right now that somebody needs to walk into this meeting and, and say, whatever accountant came up with this plan, Ted, you're fired. Yeah. Like, that's it. You're out. This is the stupidest idea in the world. Also, and you bring up the best point in this. Yeah. There's, there's like four Wendy's here in this town, and we're yeah. not very big. Maybe uh, five. Yeah. Like, we have four or five Wendy's. In, in, in like, one good one. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. for real. <laughs> yeah. But, so we have five Wendy's that you can go to in this town, and I don't think Wendy's has ever been so busy outside of, like, 10.30 p.m. when the drunks and stoners are... Yeah, are are, are kind of in for it. Or and look, by the way, or, just here, it's like what, that. It becomes Whataburger. Like it's not yeah. like so. What in the world are you going to be like? Oh well, this this, and they're not like I like Wendy's. It's good yeah. food. I I don't mind Wendy's, but I've never thought like I would. I'm so hungry. I would pay two dollars more for this Baconator right now. There's no way in hell. I'm going to McDonald's getting the dollar menu. You're yeah, like, screw that. Which by the way isn't a dollar menu anymore, <laughs> really. But like yeah. the uh, it it. These fast food restaurants, one, look, the only reason that you would go to a fast food restaurant now, well, one, groceries are so high. Like, we don't have to get into the economics yeah. of inflation and all that here. But, like, the only reason you go to a fast food restaurant now, one, is for convenience, two, is because it is literally cheaper to do that than to do anything else. Yeah. Why are you – what? Why are you surge pricing me for something that I come for the convenience well, of and then, and then if they're going to go item by item, I'd be like, well, I really wanted to get uh, a, a Dave's Double, but uh, since it's $2 more, I guess I'm going to get this chicken bacon ranch, whatever. Yeah, it's like, is it going to be the ones that they're trying to hawk on you that like, <laughs> they, they have like an excess of that they haven't been selling? Do they, do they lower those? We haven't been those? selling the chili, so like, yeah. you know, we'll keep that the same, but yeah. Baked potatoes are going up. Listen, there's I like there is really no kind of individual treat from a fast food restaurant that I enjoy more than a frosty. I'll tell you, I love okay. a good frosty. It's, Pretty a, good. it's a wonderful thing. It's it's really it's really the thing that keeps me coming back to Wendy's. <laughs> and as you can tell by this, like I'm a discerning uh, fast food client. Uh, I have I have my I have my standards. Yeah. And but I will I will forgo a frosty and then swear my fealty to a blizzard in a heartbeat right, they don't come out of the of the cup yeah so frosties the, well they're notoriously will fall out yeah so again you know like i'll do that that's just the most ridiculous thing i've ever heard that like and is there again where in america like we have five here and i can't imagine the demand at a wendy's being that big here but if i was in denver or boston or 
Miami or like a big city and I went to a Wendy's and they're like, oh, well, it's, it's kind of busy now. So here's more. I'd be like, well, I mean, there's a Burger King right there. <laughs> yeah, no, that was, I think that's probably what they're getting at because it's like, if you're in New York, if you stumble across a Wendy's, yes, there's a thousand of them. But it feels like they're few and far between just yeah. because of how dense everything is. But again, like, but, also if you have a, 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 like, if you're in a big city and you have just a cascade of options, mm-hmm. like, you're really going to be like. I'll go get a water hot dog for like 30 cents. I'm good. Yeah, like, I'll just, like, this, guy, this guy's got falafel right out here. Yeah, it's, right, like, yeah. it's better for me anyway. So even if it does come out of a cart, like, let's go. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. Uh, I don't understand. I don't understand their. I just don't know when the surge is. I yeah, really I don't know don't. When is, it, is it always going to be at ten thirty at night when people don't look so, at their bill? I mean, look, the, and these things happens when you let like you put a guy in charge and he's like, you know what we could do? We could make two cents extra per restaurant per day if we did this. Have you heard? This? And then that comes out to this much money, and then that goes to you, Frank, as the CEO of Wendy's. And Frank's like, you know what? Let's do that. Yeah. And then. You know, because Frank actually hasn't eaten at a Wendy's because he has a butler that prepares him. Private chef in the Hamptons. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He doesn't know that. He'd never touch that chili. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, would, he wouldn't do that. What the, uh, have you heard the story of the Costco uh, CEO, what he told, or the, the original founder of Costco told like the CEO oh, yeah. about increasing the price of the hot dog? Yeah. He said the, the, the man, they were losing money on the hot dog because if you don't know, Costco sells the hot dog for like $1.50, a hot dog and a, tr- and a drink yeah. for $1.50. And, and, and look, I'll tell you, it's good. Yeah, no, we had it the other day. I prefer the pizza, but I digress. The, either way, pizza price doesn't go up either. The so. problem was they were losing money on all their food and the guy wanted to increase the hot dog by I think like 20 cents, like nothing crazy. And the original owner of Costco said, if you change the price of the hot dog, I'll effing kill you. <laughs> he said that in a board meeting. Yeah. And the guy was like, what? And he's mm. like, I'll kill you, I swear to God. <laughs> and, and so they solved the problem by making their own hot dog plant. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's yeah, solutions. Yeah. yeah, there we go. So, yeah, no, I, I like um, look. The reason you know last last Christmas Southwest had that crash is because when um, Herb Kelleher died, there was no one in the way to stop all the things he'd been like. Nah, that's just a cheap way to make a quick buck. And so, like, they just listed off all these things that like he wouldn't let them do because they were terrible ideas Mm -hmm. and they were only going to save them money in the long term. And eventually they were going to make them lose money. Like the busiest travel time of the year when your airline cratered for, for a week and a half. Um, and so the only reason that that happened was because there was somebody in the way going like, look, if we make the chairs this much closer together, then we can get one more chair on every plane. And that's one more person that, you know, and then that's, $30 $30 billion over at, you know, whatever. And you're like, oh, okay, but everybody's going to be sitting like this, you yeah. know? And, you know, Herb Kelleher wouldn't let him do it, but there was nobody in the way, so they just do this. And they're like, hey, how did this happen? Like, oh, we have computers from 2007. <laughs> <laughs> they won't take software updates of normal things anymore. So, so we're running Windows 98. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how it happened. Now, um, um, <laughs> um Kyle Visser says steak and shakes are going out of business nationwide because the powers that be refuse to go higher than three ninety nine on a combo. Well, you know what? Stand your ground, steak and shake. Yeah. Maybe it'll come back around for you. <laughs> You'll get there eventually, I swear. Yeah. I don't like here's the thing, I don't like it enough to where I'd be like, you know what? Let's let me go talk to them. I'd be like, Well, that's nature. You know, sometimes the only time I have a steak and shake is like if I'm drunk after a Rangers game. Because <laughs> that's the only place that I can find them. Yeah. 
Absolutely. All right. So, Royden, last night, Baylor, um, a, a, a nice cushioned victory against TCU. Mm-hmm. Um, they played sloppy towards the end. Um, it felt like it felt like TCU was uh, Baylor was trying to hold on to a ten point lead for some reason, like it was a college football playoff. And I know margin of victory kind of plays into like the Ken yeah. Palm stuff, but like. But it really felt like TCU didn't want them to have a 10-point victory. No. Yeah. And, and you know, TCU early in the second half of that game, like, just – you can tell, like, Scott Drew said it at halftime. You know, this is two teams that just came off of, of really tight games on Saturday against really good opponents. And, you know, they're, they're about cash. Like, that's the one thing about Big Monday. Like, you get these kind of cool games, but maybe they don't play out the way that you, you no. expect them to. Because, you know, in the Big 12 especially, like, you know, TCU played Tech – uh, was it Tech? Um, I mean, the, yeah, they're yeah. beating the hell out of each yeah, beating other. Beating the hell out of each other, and then like Baylor plays this overtime game against the best team in the league, number one team in the country, and then they got to turn around with one day rest and not as much practice, and like, all right, go, go on, you know, yeah, zero scouting again. I mean, yeah. they've already played them, but you know what I mean. Well, I mean, you don't have that same kind of off the schedule, so sometimes the games, you know, I, I like, and it's the ACC and Big Twelve will mostly do this. Mm-hmm. The games that should be like the better ones, and they put them on Big Monday, wind up not being great games because. Both teams are like, oh, God, I'm tired. Oh, man. <laughs> it's just so funny because in the NBA, it's all of a sudden you now have to, you have to play like four games in five days or something yeah. like that. Well, but they, they, they hate it. They they, I know they hate it, hate it but yeah. like they figure out how to do it. Yeah. In the NCAA, if you play more than two games in a week, it's just like, you're killing us, man. Yeah. Well, you know, like it feels like what are the like the Camelback things? Like they mm-hmm. should like on Big Monday, they should just let them play with water. Gatorade and water, <laughs> like, yeah, like running down the court. But TCU big played w- Cincinnati on Cincinnati, Saturday. Yeah. Actually, had a easier path than yeah. Baylor, I think did. But still, I think it's a Cincinnati. I think, I think I think you're also like I'm probably thinking about they played Tech like earlier in the week, and that was just a like they lost by one. I think in like a knockdown. Yeah, they lost. Game. Uh, they lost by one last Tuesday. Yeah, so like they've had they had that big game on Tuesday. Now look, it's almost a week away, but you had Saturday, and again, you're playing in the Big Twelve. So even though if you have a uh, a nice win, like it's still hard. Like look, Baylor won that game by eight points last night. They were up by like 18, 19, 18, I yeah, think at one point. Eighteen at one point, but the first half was an absolute slog. You know, teams like the teams are throwing the ball out of bounds all the time, turnovers. There was like about two minutes left in the first half. There was a, I want Jack's probably going through the photos right now. I promise you, there are like, if he took some photos then, it's just like seven different guys making mistakes, <laughs> like on either side. <laughs> and that's kind of been the thorn in Baylor's side too is early in these games I, I tweeted last night I was like eventually one of these days Baylor's gonna run away with one of these games in the first half like well they've had games where they've had big leads in the first half and then the second half happens it. and they blow it so yeah. it's it, I, I mean I just there is never for the past it feels like three months there hasn't been an easy game for Baylor except for I think the West Virginia game but even that game was close to like a two-point mm-hmm. game going into halftime yeah and then they ran away with it but it hasn't been Easy, and I I know this is fair of any team not named uh, who's at the bottom, you know, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State. But I, it's been hard for everybody. I think I'm just looking at it with a different like with a different lens because Baylor is right here, obviously. Yeah, but it feel and I, I it just feels like every game has been a slog, man. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, tonight uh, in the Big 12, since he's at Houston uh, and Houston, man, they're just really good. I mean, like I, I'm going to keep saying it. They, like you just watch them, and they're 
they're a team that I like. We all knew that they were going to be good in the Big 12, right, Gary? We knew that. Mm-hmm. But they've even ex- exceeded expectations where you thought there would be some sort of drop off of like, not that they wouldn't be good, but like it'd be tougher Just for them. For to, the long haul. The yeah, it would be tougher for them to look this good this late in the season, especially record wise. Like they'd be a team you're like, man, they're really good, but like, you know, they've. They're taking a few losses, but man, they just dominate people. I mean, they just do. And, and, um, you know, they've got what, four losses on the season right now? Three. Three, 24 and three. Yeah. So, yeah. So they, yeah, they've lost to Iowa State, who's sixth in the country or fifth or whatever they are. They've lost to Kansas, who's number seven, uh, at Allen Fieldhouse, where most nobody wins. Uh, and they lost at TCU by one. So, yeah, this is not a team that, uh, that has said that they were about twenty four and three at this point last year. I mean, so nothing's changed. Playing for them. an easier schedule, by and the play, way. Playing too. an easier schedule, so like nothing has missed a beat for the Cougs. And Kelvin Sampson, one of the best coaches in basketball, uh, we knew that already. And they have a pretty favorable schedule down the stretch. Um, and they do end the season with Kansas at home, which is going to be a tough one. But Kansas hasn't been great on the on the road this year. But Cincinnati, a good OU team, and UCF, and Cincinnati and UCF are kind of like, you know, they'll fight with you. Yeah, but they're treading water on the yeah. way out. You know, so like that's that's where they are right now, and it, it's going to take a lot for them to to probably make the tournament at this point. You know, maybe one can get hot and get in. Maybe Cincinnati could, but you know, I'm not UCF fourteen and twelve. I think they're, yeah, I they're, think they're they're kind of like. They're heading towards an early grave. Yeah, they're heading towards, you know, that's going to be the kind of the end of the season once they're done in Kansas City. But, but yeah, the Houston team is just so lethal. And um, which oh, it really sticks in my craw. It just as a Baylor fan in general, I know we have Houston fans on the broadcast, but it, it, like Baylor fought back just to like just make mistakes in overtime. And like you, if you could have taken that game, it really would have solidified sort of where your place is, regardless of how young and how injured that your team is. Yeah. I, it just – it really would have gone a long way. That being said, I mean, Houston also could have just run away with that game in the second mm-hmm. half. Yeah. They let them back in it. Free throws helped a lot, I know. But it – I don't know. I just – I think that when it comes down to it, they know when they know how and when to win and close out games, and they yeah. did that in that overtime. Baylor's also bad in overtime, but yeah. um, it kind of feels it, it's their conference to lose now, which is weird to say. Yeah, and look, um, don't don't look now, but Kansas State gets another couple wins down the stretch, and they will pull themselves up, up out of the hole. Uh, now they're they'll be a tournament team. They they don't have the kind of depth I think they that needs to happen in a, in a great run. But if they can, Jerome Tang proved it again last night. Just play an extra frame, and <laughs> he's going to get you in a game. Though honestly, last night they probably did out of fear because they should have never let a twenty five point lead disintegrate to going to overtime. But um, they still won. He's twelve and zero in overtime since he got to Kansas State. So. Um, they're kind of back in this. I don't think they get to 20 wins, but it, but like the fact that they have an outside chance of just how down the middle of their season was. Well, yeah, look, they've got what? Three games left. Cincinnati, Kansas, not now that's gonna be tough, but Iowa state. Yeah. And Iowa state. So, you know, look, if they go eight and nine in the conference and get a couple wins, a win or something in Kansas city, like I'll put them in a tournament, you know? If I'm on the committee, 
you know, that's no. I think I mean right now the projections were by Billis and others that the Big Twelve was gonna get somewhere between like nine and ten teams in. Yeah. Um. So that puts them. Well, let's do fast math. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the right, right ahead now, of Texas. Right now, Texas is tenth, um, and they have they have three tough ones down the stretch in Tech, Baylor, and Oklahoma. So look, Texas could find their way. Strangely enough, out of this thing, mm-hmm. um, I don't think they will. I think they'll they'll probably balance that out and just barely get in. But Texas, they play Tech tonight, and on the road, that's not going to be an easy easy place to go. Which, by the way, Tech fans are like have made that their crusade. Like that's <laughs> they they're like yeah. all over that game. There were people camping out like a week ago, which is weird, but also. Good, good on you, I guess. Yeah, they're they're really about that game. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, look, Tech's Tech's a very good team under Grant McCaslin. They've got them at home. Like to go back to back, Allen Fieldhouse and and um, in Texas Tech. Like when you're playing the way you are right now, man, mm-hmm. that's that's tough. Texas, and they need to get right game in a hurry. Um, and they don't have they don't have a lot of great quad one wins. They got Baylor, they got TCU, you know, but they don't like. They're not racking it up with like, man, this is this is a really great resume. So they need some wins in these last three uh, or four for them down the stretch. Tech won by eleven the last time that they played. Yeah, at, in at Austin. Austin. So yeah, this is a team. You know, like we can say whatever we want about some of the teams in the Big Twelve not maybe being as good as we thought they were. Like Baylor's kind of more in the middle of the pack than I think a lot of people thought they would be nationally at fifteen. I think yeah. I think people thought they might be a little bit better. I think people thought Kansas is going to be a little bit better. Um, BYU's but, been up and down, but but they're still good. They're you know, around. but yeah, Tech is about where I thought they would be. Kansas State's below where I thought they would be, but of course they lost their best player in midseason to an explanation that we still only have like 5% of, <laughs> you know, well, he's just gone. Why? Well, we, he, we said he is. Well, okay. Shut up. Uh, how does the coach feel about it? Uh, he will not comment, which means he's probably really mad. And that's yeah. not Jerome Tang's default position. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> one of the happiest dudes on planet earth, when he's not going to say something about something, you know, he's mad about it. Do they give <laughs> any explanation at not all? Not really. Like, I mean, like, Nothing. There was nothing. Like violation of team rules, but like what God, rules? Yeah. You know, whatever. And the, the, the president made the decision. Really? Not the athletic director, not, not the tank. coach. President, yeah. the, the president of the university made the decision. And that's never a great look. They just got there, too. So, like, this is not like, you know, someone who's been there for 20 years and is just doing this has built up a lot of street cred with the, the fans in Manhattan. This right. is someone who's just new there. And they're like, nope. They pissed Look, everybody off, too. You guys love two things unconditionally, the football and basketball team, and I'm going to make you mad, really mad about one of them. <laughs> like, <laughs> really mad about one of them. Uh, and, th- and that's what happened there. So I'm sure Bracket Cat maybe on the chat room knows a little bit more. But, um, but yeah, they, like, yeah, Kansas State, and Kansas State has a f- couple of close losses on the season where, you know, you take those back and you've got, Kind of a different ball game mm-hmm. for them, but I, yeah, they're they're. I think they're going to get in now. So, um, but out of all those teams that are sort of in the mid tier, now Kansas kind of finds himself looking up at the top for the you know for the first time. Even when those, even when Baylor won a cup, stole a couple from them, they were like either tied or like right half there, a game yeah. below. So yeah. it wasn't like. But now it kind of feels like, like I said, it feels like Houston's to lose. 
out of these teams that are not Houston and even Iowa State, who I think is going to be a tough out in any tournament just yeah. because of the defense, like, yeah. beat the hell out of you every single game. Yeah. But like they dare you to call the they dare you to call the whistle, but blow the whistle rather. Which of these teams do you think will make more noise come tournament season? I like I think Baylor can mess around it and and get to the Sweet Sixteen. If they get the right kind of draw, because they can score. They're either so around a thirty-two team or like an elite eight team, and I don't yeah. know where they are yet. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I think I think Kansas, uh, if McCullough is back and they can, if they get anything, and look, remember a, a couple years ago, they got Remy Martin was a big transfer that they expected to have a huge part in that team, and really did not until the Big Twelve tournament. Like it mm-hmm. was, it took him, it took him that whole year to understand what Bill Self wanted out of him. And then they don't win the NCAA tournament without Remy Martin. So that guy this year needs to be Nick Timberlake, where he gives them something consistently. And he had a good game the other day. He scored 11 points. And that, that, that was, and he had to start because McCullough's going to be out for the rest of the regular season. So it looks like McCullough's going to be out for the rest of the regular season. If you, if you listen to what Bill Self is kind of saying, like, you know, we've got three, four games left. Like, we've got to get him a whole week of practice. Like, I don't think you're going to see him maybe even the conference tournament either because Kansas, not that they've never cared about it, it just comes so easily to them. Yeah. They're like, they go to Kansas City, they play a couple – they're playing home games, so they get a little boost. But if they get upset, like – Oh, they're, they're like, oh, darn. Like, we didn't get another trophy. <laughs> two, two extra days off, you know, yeah. we're, we're fine. Like, they're not – And they'll still get a great seed no matter what. Yeah, they're going to be a two seed more than, more than likely if they finish how they, they've kind of been. So. Yeah. They're not going to be a one seed, and that's because they have no bench. But if they can get anything from Nick Timberlake off the bench and still play the kind of defense that they're capable of playing, with when you've got Dickinson, McCuller, Furphy, but the starting five they have is as good as anybody's starting five. Like the the reason they've lost games in the Big Twelve is they're not good in the road, and you really need your bench on the road mm-hmm. because, like you know, like you got to have something different to take people out of it. And two, like. You know, they just they made bad personnel decisions in the offseason with Arturio Morris and you know, like the plan kind of went out the window. So they didn't they shouldn't have brought him in, but you know, they could again, if they if it's just about the starting five, I don't think there's a better starting five than Kansas really anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, Harris, Adams, Dickinson, Furphy, uh, and McCullough, but uh but then it's the bench that'll get you, you know. Like that's what Houston can do. You know, watching Houston against Baylor the other day. At no point did they miss a beat when somebody was out of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've seen Houston in person twice now, once at, in Allen Fieldhouse and once in Waco. And even though they got blown out by Kansas at Allen Fieldhouse, they actually played a good game. Kansas just played their best game of the year and didn't miss shots. Like, I never felt Houston missed a beat even then. Like, I didn't feel like they were, you know, like, okay, let's, all right, this guy's a little cold right now. We'll put somebody else in, give him three, four minutes, and then, all right, well, that's fine. Like, nothing changed. You know, there's no – Houston has no liabilities. And that's where, you, that's where you win in the tournament. Like, if you look at – Well, when they were getting when they were getting the kind of minutes that they – and he's a decent player, but he's, you know, 9.7 rebounds. But when they were getting that amount of production out of, like, Roberts early yeah. on in that Baylor game, yeah. I was like, ooh, this, is, this might be over. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I mean, he's, he's a big guy. Actually, clean native. But, like, he's a big guy. Shoved around Misi. But he was shoving around Misi, like – like Misi isn't five mm. inches taller than him and just yeah. doing like jump hooks and stuff over. I was like, Oh, this might be done. Like this, yeah. this might be done early. So if they can get any production out of their post players too, yeah. cause they got that rotation of guards, but like if they can get any production out of their post players, I think it, they'll go yeah. a long way. I was going to add 
just uh, for our fans in the chat, BYU, if they all of a sudden can't miss threes, they're tough. Uh oh. Yeah. Like, they're tough. And their fans travel to to anywhere. So yeah. if they especially if they get a like a West Coast seat or something like that. Well, they could I mean like they're not they're probably not gonna be lucky enough to wind up in that Salt Lake yeah. regional, but you never know. Like they could they could again, they could be out in the round of thirty two. I don't see them getting upset in like the first round or yeah. anything like that. But they also could just make like a Kansas State run last year where they're just hitting everything. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you know, I don't know if they had necessarily had, they have one standout player, but like, I don't know. If that guy that was hitting, I'm blanking on his name, forgive me, their center that was hitting, uh, hitting 23s. Ali Khalifa. Khalifa, yeah, was hitting, he had shot like 29% from three all year and then he hit five threes against, against Baylor. If they can do that, if they can replicate that kind of production, you have like a Jimmer for debt run to make a to make a callback. Yeah, absolutely. And oh. I really I remember that run being like way longer. I think they only made it to the Sweet Sixteen, if yeah. I remember correctly. I think you it, you think it's way longer because Jimmer like he he had just, like forty points. Yeah, yeah he was game. just amazing. Like, and then he's been all over the world playing in every single league, scoring forty points a game. Right. You know, and then being like the eighth guy off an NBA bench when he. Oh yeah, he, <laughs> he scored like a hundred points in the in the in the Chinese league. Yeah, and then he can't he can't sniff an NBA floor. Yeah, because he's not fast. No, like can't in the end, you he's not fast. Like you know, I like. Oh, this is my life. We got to go to the next um, topic, but. Uh, when you watch an NBA game compared to like a college game, mm-hmm. like the grace at which they inbound the ball after a made basket and get to center court makes it seem like the court is smaller. Yeah. When you know it's not, it's the same court. You know what I'm talking about, Garrett? Like, yeah. watch, watch the Lakers inbound a pass yeah. and like LeBron take three steps and he's at center court. Like, well, they didn't throw it that far. He was like a foot away. Like, oh. <laughs> it's three steps. Like, how tall and athletic are you? Also, like, just not fumble. I mean, they do do it, but, like, not fumbling the ball out of bounds, like, on an inbound, like, yeah. or whatever, like, bricks off their hands or whatever. It just That just doesn't Yeah. They're happen. so, like, the, like, in my opinion, the NBA players are the best athletes in the world because there's not, like, even so- like even, like, some of the soccer guys that are unbelievable, like, a lot, you know, the the – Aland and all those guys, mm-hmm. but like they're unreal athletes. But when you can be six foot ten and run a four five and jump and not trip over your own feet as you gracefully cross center court in a second and a half, yeah. Like what does like, Stroud say is that all football players want to be NBA players and all NBA players want those baseball contracts? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. The Something NBA like contracts that. aren't anything to sneeze at, though. No. no, I remember. I remember being in the Cowboys locker room, um, with Rico Gathers when he was there, and people making fun of him for not just being a, the 11th guy on NBA roster because of some of the contracts that had come in. It's yeah. like, what are you doing here, man? <laughs> Royce O'Neal has been traded now for like five first-round picks in his career. He's mm-hmm. like the seventh man on any NBA team at any point. He's starting a very good seven, player, yeah. He's, a, he's a, like a decent player, now been traded a thousand times. Nobody, like if you're not a Baylor fan or like a hardcore NBA. NBA fan, you're not going to know who Royce O'Neal's name is. But I will say this, the seventh man on a bench, you know what they call those people? Multi-millionaires. Exactly. 
<laughs> yes, and they don't fly commercial. No. <laughs> Unless they absolutely have to. And they certainly don't fly coach. Mm -mm. Uh, when we come back, let's look ahead to next year. Which teams nationwide will do that? We'll go through like one of those way too early top 25s and say who is going to overperform their expectations right now. Some teams we've thought about, some teams like, again, this is going to happen more often than not now because the transfer portal exists, and it's a thing. Uh, and there's going to be people that you're like, oh, well, he didn't work out at Georgia, and then all of a sudden he goes to Arkansas, and Arkansas is good all of a sudden because it's just a, a right fit. Uh, it's, it's how the world works now. We'll talk about that next. This is the Triple Option on 365 Sports. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, Metro Ethernet, Waves, Dark Fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable, so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier-grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Welcome back, Paul Catalina and Royden Ogletree. We'll talk a little football for the next couple of segments because this is America and that's what we do. Yeah. Um, but way too early top 25s for next year. Uh, we'll go to we'll just use ESPNs because that's easy. Worldwide leader. Yes. The worldwide leader in sports. All right. So throw out a team, Royden, that you think might be good next year. I'll tell you where they're ranked. And we will say whether they were under overperform their ranking or underperforming. Georgia. Georgia will probably stay right about where they are at number one. Yeah. So <laughs> that might be. I'm good at this. Yeah. Then like you can't go any higher. So they might underperform yeah. and still be number one. Right. <laughs> but you know, with all that they have coming back and look, so here's what I will say about what I did see of the orange bowl. And I watched the first half of it in the Nashville airport while I cried into my hot chair. Oh yeah. I gotcha. Knowing that Florida State quiet quit that game mm. and none of the starters were playing, but Georgia and Kirby Smart managed the tact of like, let's send a message to the rest of the country. We don't belong here either. That we don't belong here either. And we've got, this is what we're, you know, if you thought because we lost to Alabama that this is the end of our run, oh no. <laughs> so. We uh, don't feel we got a show for Yeah. You. So we're going to put this on and while they are losing two offensive weapons to me that are huge in Brock Bowers and Lad McConkey. Yeah. They'll just replace that. Like all-time names by the way. Yeah. Bowers and McConkey also were injured for good stretches of the year last oh. year 
and Georgia only lost one game. Did Bowers – he had, like, Liz Frank surgery or something, right? Yeah, he had – like, he came back in the middle – like, after he hurt his foot in the middle of the year. He had surgery on his ankle or, or his foot. I can't remember. I think yeah. it was ankle. And then was just like, all right, I'll be back in five weeks. Yeah. What? So, yeah. No, he's – and he's a freak. I mean, he's yeah. an absolute freak, especially the tight end position. You do so many different things. So, yeah, they'll miss – like maybe the best route runner in the country in Lad McConkey and, and the freakish tight end, but it's going to be one of those things that like they'll figure out in five minutes. I think uh, people are like up and down on Brock Bowers. I'm not. I think he's great, man. I'm not. I think the only thing that's going to slow Brock Bowers down outside of health, which is like something you have to say yeah. in the, about football players and athletes in general, is going to a team that has no idea how to use him. Wait, did I say Brock Bowers? You mean Lad McConkey? No, I can't. I'm not up and down on Brock Bowers. That was the wrong name. I was thinking Carson Beck for some reason. Mm. Carson Beck. Also, Look, I think the, the person that's still on the team, that, Georgia that's team. That's why he's Brock Bowers is going to be a top 15 pick, and I really want him to be on the Texans. Thank you very much. But yeah, I'd make him at 23. We'll talk about that yeah. in, in the NFL draft rapid right. fire segment. But um, yeah, 23. He's not. Getting he's, not he's, he's, he's not. He's not getting. He might be a top 10 player. Um, so if he does, then I think. They'll do that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Carson Beck, the Carson quarterback. Beck. I think that's one of the reasons why he's back. Uh, that, and I'm sure a, a, a pretty hefty NIL signing bonus right. um, to come back. But he was going to be, at best, the fifth or sixth quarterback taken this year. So, what I'm just so interested. Thing, like, he, like, and, he and Quinn he Ewers had... are in the same boat to me, where yeah. they've proven enough to be like, these guys are salty, mm-hmm. but they need one more year to be, like, they could be the guys. And they're still young. They're still yeah. young players, too. Like, Quinn Ewers, I think, just turned 21 or something like yeah. that. Like, But, and I think I don't think Carson Beck's that old, either. Might have just yeah, turned no, 21. I, mean, I think they're the same age. I think, I, same I, class, I said, right? I know people are up and down on him. Yeah. I I liked what he showed at the end of the year, and he yeah. can really hum it. So I just, you know, I I think he takes that next step and really shows out. I don't think he's going to have, like, Matthew Stafford-level stats at, at Georgia. Which, maybe, maybe not. But, like, look, but, here's here are their transfers, by the way. Uh, Trevor Atien from Florida, mm-hmm. uh, who – is was the most underutilized, underutilized. player in the country Ugh. last year. Florida, Florida should just built the offense around him and said him Here. and Pearsall. Hopefully, build the whole yeah, him, and Pe- him and Pearsall should have been kind of the Florida offense last mm-hmm. year, and they would at least have made a bowl game. Yep, they would at least have made a bowl game and not been five and seven. Um, but London Humphreys from Vanderbilt, who's really well thought of. Colby Young, a big receiver from Miami, mm-hmm. uh, who's not played with a quarterback in the last couple of years. <laughs> and then Michael Jackson the third at USC. Ben Urasek from Stanford uh, as a tight end. So they filled the holes I mentioned of, of McConkie. Like, and again, they had to fill. Like, it's not just McConkie and Bowers. Like uh, Rosemary Saint uh, and um, Dominic Lovett are gone too. And those guys were, were big parts of their offense, just not going to be first or second round picks like the other two will. Right. But here they are, like, you know, looking in the face with the best running back in the country that nobody talks about in Trevor Atien mm-hmm. because he was on a five and seven team. One of their arch rivals, too. Right. <laughs> so, like, you want to you talk about what they just did to Florida? Like, Florida's already, like, laying on the street, bloodied and beaten. And they just came up and, like, ripped out a kidney. Like, there's a like, crap. <laughs> Hey, oh, who's the best player? Organ you, donor, right? Yeah. Who's the best? Who's the one player that you would say like you could have anybody else in a roster but this guy? And they're like Trevor Atien, and they're like, oh, 
Yeah. <laughs> Florida's feeling now. like Billy Bean in, in Moneyball, where he's like, we're, we're organ donors for the rich. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yes. That's what's happening right now. And then the sad part about Florida is like, we have money. What do yeah. you, where, where, you know, like, where is it? <laughs> this is all not working. But let's go pick a team that's not, would not be maybe in the top five to eight teams. Well, let's see. I do. Okay, can we talk about your LSU Tigers? Yes, let's, let's talk it. about Eric Garrett's LSU Tigers. Who y'all going to replace all these dudes with? Uh, so, yeah, that's a great question. The running back room is kind of in shambles right now, especially since you had somebody has um, got a murder case, murder case going on. Oh. Uh, yeah. So you lost your running back there. Uh, I, the secondary is one where there's a grand concern because I think – Paul, I believe we had Mike Scarborough on during the season. He was talking yeah. about traditionally how the state of Louisiana always have DBs and everything, yeah. and there just hasn't been that there. So that's a concern. You're starting to see LSU come into Texas more and recruit to, to pick up uh, some of the pieces that they aren't producing in Louisiana or they're getting picked off from Georgia and um, Alabama, per se. But I think they're going to be okay. Garrett Nussmeyer, I'm still kind of – I'm excited for him because he's done things right. I would say right, quote-unquote. But he went to a program. He stuck with that program. Even when you brought in Jaden Daniels, he didn't leave and hit the portal. He, he sat there. So I'm interested to see what you can do with him. But you have to replace so much talent. You bring Lacey back. He should be your number one wide receiver next year. Uh, but you can't just replace Thomas and, and neighbors. So no. it's going to be an adjustment with them. Uh, the, then the news came out yesterday with Harold Perkins. They're trying to put him – is an outside linebacker in particular, which he struggled with. I don't like that. I think he's kind of like a honey badger or Micah Parsons. You just put him on the field and, and cut him loose. Uh, but with Brent Baker coming in as your defensive coordinator, it's going to be interesting to see how he could use him. But yeah, man, they uh, it's going to be interesting. I'm not I'm not sure where I'm, what my expectations are for him this season. Well, right now ESPN, if I were looking at the same article, had them at like 12. 12. And I can see them right. Yeah, and I I can see them. Dropping from there, if I'm just being completely honest, you're relying on you're relying on two corner or on a quarterback from Ohio State. J.K. Johnson is what they listed here. Is like he played one game, I think, last mm -hmm. year, and you're relying on him to be healthy. And I my my whole impetus for asking is just I've been looking at draft stuff and the the amount of receiver production that they are losing, and not to mention absurd, the Heisman yeah. the Heisman winner who set all kinds of records, but the amount of just pure receiver production that you're losing from two guys is nuts. I think between them, they had like 3,000 yards and 40 touchdowns. Oh, easily, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so on the uh, – Paxton threw us out. Okay, we've got a couple from the chat room. All right. Tennessee, ranked by this poll – 16. At 16. Um, well, I mean, we're going to see Nico Amaliava, yep. and that's going to be interesting. They um, they have a lot of uh, of – of playmakers coming back. Um, Brew McCoy's back. Squirrel White's back. Um, you know, they got a good offensive line. Um, they picked up Zalance Hurd um, in the portal from LSU. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, I can see them being a little bit better than that. But then again, you got to look at, you know, let me, let me tell you what their schedule is. Because, look, here's the other thing you got to look at in the SEC about when you're talking about teams and overperforming number 16 in the country. Like, these schedules are going to be... Yeah, the divisions are gone. So that's the something divisions that's going to be taken. So yeah. you can't really rely on that. And, look, they've got... 
NC State in a neutral site game in Charlotte early on, and that's going to be a tough game. NC State is good. Like, they, they're Consistently. good. Yeah, they're good. Um, at Oklahoma, uh, they've got Alabama at home. They're at Georgia. So their schedule's not really all that tough. I mean, Arkansas, Florida. UTEP and Vanderbilt to round out the year. Yeah. Um, you know, Kentucky, Mississippi State. Kentucky should be good, but I'm not um, – I'm not uh, – you know, I'm not ready to just be like, oh, yeah, they're going to – but this should be a team – I think that's probably about right. Maybe a little overperform. If they can beat Alabama at home, because Alabama's a team we will not know about right. until this yeah. new thing is is done here with Kalen DeBoer and we see it, especially Alabama in particular in the second wave of the transfer portal that's coming is going to be interesting because that move happened so late, they, they were going to lose more guys than they were going to gain. Mm-hmm. And then there's going to be guys who were, you know, like I think two schools are going to benefit the most. And one of them didn't make a coaching change, and one of them did. I think LSU is going to really benefit from the second portal window because so. they're going to have to go out and be like, we need one wide receiver and we need at least two running backs. And so there's going to be people that are going to be like, you mean LSU does? Yeah. LSU does? Oh, okay. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll go, go there. there. <laughs> I'll go there. And then Alabama it's just going to be able to kind of like send out the list to the transfer portal of like, hey guys, I know that uh, Nick Saban is here, but you would you like to leave your school that isn't Alabama to come to Alabama? Right. And they'll be like, yes, yes, that I sounds would. fine but and well. It, thank what? you. Does it hold that still? I think For it depends minute, on the it schools. It does not hold it like what Alabama is going to lose is that guys were going to take less NIL and they were going to do less, like, or they were going to they were going to compete maybe more right. because they were going to play for Nick Saban. Right. That's gone. Yeah. Jalen DeBoer has to prove that, but they're still Alabama and they still have Jalen Milrow and they still have some good players. But yeah, I mean like they're going to have to finally like really cut the checks. Yeah. I mean, not that they haven't been doing that, but like it, now they're not going to like, there's not going to be any hometown discount anymore. The price of the brick is going up. Yeah, That's exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. They're gonna they're gonna do Wendy's surge pricing. There you go. <laughs> no, I just like, think, hey, listen, uh, you guys, you guys wanted this baconator, but it's six thirty p.m. It's three extra bucks. <laughs> so if you if you want substandard tripe, you find your you find your way to McDonald's. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, it was interesting about this top twenty five that it, it, Oklahoma State ranked seventeenth. Oklahoma no. Nowhere to be found in this uh, early on top 25. Yeah. Kansas State and Kansas both ranked in this early top yeah. 25 from okay. ESPN. Uh, Paxton says Missouri. Uh, Missouri returns quarterback um, in Brady Cook. They return a coach who I'm, I'm big on. Uh, Oklahoma's 14th, by the way. Oh, did I miss yes. that? Yeah, I think you missed it. Yeah, Oklahoma's 14th. Oh, that was wish casting yeah. on my part. <laughs> yeah, Missouri, I don't see here in this particular top uh, 25, even after their – no, they're 7th. They are 7th. Um, and I, uh, I, I, I think they might go under that. I Missouri. think they'll be really good. But they are – look, they're losing uh, – both their starting cornerbacks are really good. Uh, some, their defensive coordinator is gone. Uh, but they do add Marcus Carroll uh, to replace Cody Schrader, who was great this year. So uh, seventh is a little high for me on Missouri. They're not finishing seventh. They're not finishing seventh. Like, I think they'll be a good team, but I don't think they're finishing seventh. Not to mention, aren't they getting like audited? 
Mizzou. Or isn't there? No, they got an influx of money. Like they got a big NIL yeah. donor. Yeah, they got a thing. big. No, they're they're why the thing that I text you that they're uh, that their athletic director left. Left. Yeah. Well, because he's going to. She's going sure, to Arizona. So she's going to Arizona, and who's, got, on, who's currently being right, like, yeah. so she's going to Arizona. And but like, why uh, now leave Missouri? She's <laughs> a, well, she's an Arizona alum. Yeah, They're a million, a hundred million dollars in debt, <laughs> one hundred seventy-seven to be exact. But if you could fix it, what can that do for your resume? Yeah. So I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> but look, the, and now I say this: here's their schedule: is Murray State, Buffalo, Boston College, Vanderbilt. By at AM, at UMass, Auburn, at Bama, Oklahoma at home, at South Carolina, at Mississippi State, and Arkansas. I take it back. That's they, doable. They, I like that. They actually. can finish seventh. They ah. can finish seventh with that schedule because, look, let's just say that their losses are to Alabama and Oklahoma and they beat AM at Kyle Field, something I'm not so sure that they'll do. I, I, and this is not my AM. Father Homer glasses here. I truly believe AM will be a much better team they this year. They better be. They, yeah, they better be. But they will be a much better team this year for excising the cancer that was Jimbo Fisher in that organization. And that Mike Elko will have them playing a much more efficient style of ball. Now, whether that means contending in the SEC, I don't. But I do think that they'll be better and they'll, they'll win games that they should win more often than they did under Jimbo because they're not going to play an antiquated, um, myopic style of football. I still think even in the transfer portal era, I do think that, like, it still takes a year. Yeah. I always think that. But but look, they were not good last year. True. So I think they will be better. And they have talent on their roster that they even kept. Like, and and look, he brought in – this is what I will tell you about their roster. Mm -hmm. It'll be an interesting test. Mike Elko, knowing that if he does well – because he's seen it before. If AM does well, they'll be able to get blue chip prospects all over the place, and they still get blue chip prospects, just not as many as the other guys in their league do. So they still get blue chip prospects because of what they're able to offer. He went out, and if you look at what they did in the transfer portal, which has had like 24 guys, mm-hmm. and they lost Walter Nolan and Evan Stewart and some really good players, which you really wish they hadn't if you're AM. But he didn't go out and like replace Walter Nolan with like the second or third best version of that. He went out and replaced guys with worker bees because he's trying to change the culture there. Yeah. And I think he'll be successful in that because that's what he does. So if they've got the old school wrecking crew kind of attitude there, then they'll be better than this team that all of a sudden thought that College Station is Vegas. Like that's It also helps when you have like a generational talent in Torrey and York that you can build around defensively. Yeah, so you've got him like – yes, yeah, so you've got that like – Torrey and York is like – and linebacker is like – there's certain schools like when Nebraska gets that linebacker again, when AM has that linebacker again, linebacker's the position that AM was always able to brag about. Yeah. You know, like throughout their glory years, like RC Slocum just had like guy Dudes. after guy after guy after guy after guy that were like, you know, William Thomas and Marcus Buckley and Datwin and just like uh, Quentin Coriat, you know, all these guys who were just lethal linebackers. And then lately it's been like, meh. You know, they've got yeah. Edrin Cooper this year is really good. I will say that. Edrin the problem is, really is like good. with linebacker is like, you, you're, it's with, I guess, with any position, mm-hmm. but like, you know, when you don't have a, like, even a decent one, mm-hmm. it's so obvious. It's just like, yeah. oh, the middle of the field's wide open. That's, that's just, that's crazy. How did yeah. that happen? It is. So I think AM will be better. Like, they're ranked 25th. And when I say I think they'll be better than that, like, 
I think they'll be 20th. <laughs> you know, like if everything goes right, they're going to finish 20th. Is there a team in the Big 12 that like do you think takes the leap? Because right now I think Oklahoma State's the top. Are they the top ranked team in the Big no, 12? Kansas State. Kansas State. Kansas State, I think. Well, maybe it might be Oklahoma State in this poll, but uh, Vegas thinks Kansas State is the one that's most likely to do. Oh no, I'm sorry, Utah. Utah, Arizona. Oh, we forgot. There's new teams. Um, Utah. I have no idea what to think about Utah, and I'll only know what to think about them when I see how well Cam Cam Rising's back. So when we see how well that doctorate, baby, (laughs) when we see how well Cam Rising can move, and if he's still Cam Rising, or if he's the ghost of Cam Rising, like that's that's going to be the tell on Utah. There, oh my God, we're almost out of time. This went Mm -hmm. this went long. So uh, uh, Arizona will be interesting with a coaching change, where they got a really good quarterback, Uh, Oklahoma State. Uh, again, like I, I trust, trust Gundy. Them. I don't. I trust Gundy. I don't trust the quarterback. Gundy will have that team efficient, but I don't know if they're going to. I don't think. I just don't think they're going to win the league. Alan Bowman is back for a yes. seventh season. Yes. Yes. And my, see, here's, here's my, my thing. brother in Christ. Go get a job. <laughs> here's my thing on that. Um, if you have to go get a seventh year quarterback, things are not that good for you. No, look at BYU. Yeah, that's my belief. Like, if BYU's got Gary Bohannon. Love the kid, but, like, you know, if you're not... Something in my bones tells me it's going to work. If you're, if you're not in the NFL by <laughs> what would bones. be your seventh year in college, you're just not going to be a professional quarterback. Well, I mean, how old was... Gonna, uh, how old? And not everybody is, but you're just not going to win conference titles. You're just not. How old were Bonix and... Uh... They were like, look, this was the year of the. They were the, playing in the Obama the, administration. Yeah. This is like the year of the sixth year guys, and that's because that COVID year. Yeah. But like, if you're like coming back and applying for a seventh year after all that, is that Miami tight end that's like on nine seasons? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Again, not going to help Miami win a game. No, not going to help Miami win a game. He's never helped anybody win a game. Why is he going to start nine years after he's, he's eligible? Chilling. Yeah. All right. NFL draft rapid fire. We'll just do a quick one. The Houston Texans pick at 23rd. Yeah. They pick at 23rd. Yeah, I know you're very upset that they uh, didn't send the um, – they sent their pick or the – whatever it was. Like They sent their pick. Well, it's like in, in the time – real quick, in the time that like – at the time, they sent their first-round pick this year to Arizona to pick Will Anderson. Like they jumped like yeah. 15 spots to pick yeah. Will Anderson. But they still had the Browns pick. But they still had the Browns pick. But everybody's like, why wouldn't you just trade the Browns pick? It's also a first-round pick. Yeah. They weren't asking for that pick for next year. Yeah. And uh, because everybody thought it was going to be a top-five pick. Yeah. I did, too. I thought it was going to be. But turns out now Arizona's pick is worse than what the Browns pick actually is. <laughs> yeah. so, so now they get to pick higher than Arizona, which is like a godsend. But anyway. Yeah. But it worked out. But yeah. uh, at 23... This is a team that is, look, they've got the quarterback finally. <laughs> like, honestly, and I know that, like, they've had good runs with Matt Schaub or whatever in the past. Pro Bowler, Matt Schaub, led the league in passing one year. But let's be honest. <laughs> this is the first time that they've had a quarterback where the city of Houston is like, maybe this is our I mean, guy. it was Deshaun Watson, but we just don't yeah. want to, like. Well, I mean, but, like, even then, like. It, shame. It, it, went, it went downhill so fast yeah. after that, like. Just at the point where they're like, oh, hey, Deshaun Watson. The, it was yeah, like, you had oh, a 24-point lead on, on Kansas City, and then all of a sudden, from that point on, yeah. it's been cursed. Anyway. And, well, and Deshaun Watson has been, too. Yep. He's not uh, hardly played for the Browns, really. Um, oh, darn. 
<laughs> you seem so sad. Oh, darn. <laughs> but C.J. Stroud has worked out for them. Yes. Now, I think there are certain areas that they need to help C.J. Stroud in yep. and, um, and focus on those early on. Uh, again, you, they're in a position, best player available at 23, no matter what's position, unless it's quarterback. Like, they could take a wide receiver, although I think they're, they're better off at that than most people realize. Yeah. Um, they could take a tight end, although if they bring back Dalton Schultz, they're better off at that position than most people realize. Yeah. I think offensive line or defensive line at 23, to me, is the sweet spot for if that best player available is uh, a lot – a lineman, an yeah. end or a tackle, or you know, a tackle or a guard, I, or Jackson I, Powers Johnson, who I think is going to be the best offensive lineman. I want Cooper DeGene. Oh yeah. To be completely honest with you, I think he's like quietly the best cornerback in the draft. Well, he's he's going to be safety, so he's going to be kind I, I, of. I, a feel, tube I of, feel like that's short sighted. Well, I mean, like, look, it, he's going to be he's kind of positionless, right? Yeah, he's going to be. I like, see a lot of Patrick Peterson in the guy, yeah. and or not Peterson. Uh, from the LSU, Patrick Peterson? Yeah, Patrick Peterson. I yeah. can't, I, there's Patrick Patterson is the <laughs> Kentucky basketball player. Yeah. Anyway, I see a lot of Patrick Peterson in the guy just for the way he returns punts and everything too. But um, if not, uh, he but if you seems have, like – If you have him and – Stingley. Stingley I, and Petrie in that secondary, that's very young. Petrie's got to step up. He was, he was quietly kind of bad last year. and Nobody really wants to – like he was missing tackles and broken coverage and stuff. He wasn't really as great as he was his, his rookie season. But like – so – I. I think it would be short-sighted, though, to replace him with DeGene in that position. But I think, like, like if you have him and Stingley, I think it goes a long way. But Murphy from Texas seems like a really, like, oh, yeah. a, a need because they have, like, no defensive lineman besides mm-hmm. uh, Anderson that they have re-signed, really. Yeah. Offensive, or, offensive tackle or guard, I think it's tough because they had so many injuries and they made it look okay because – CJ Stroud is really good, but they had so many injuries and they paid a bunch of guys mm-hmm. to be on that offensive line and they just got injured. Yeah. So maybe you want to take some, I would say interior. Like I think the head tackles Howard and console are fine. Yeah. I think that your interior line is where you need yeah, to look Shaq Mason, and, but you could and, like, yeah, I don't know. You took two centers last year too. Yeah. I, I would go defensive line, but the real mock that I saw that I was like, it just it tickled my fancy. Was this sorry the second leading receiver from uh, from Brian Thomas? Brian Thomas. Brian Thomas. And I was like, you know what? You have my attention. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, I'll tell you, sure. Late in the draft, not late in the draft, but later, they need to draft a running back. Like they need to draft a running. back. I love Damian Pierce, but he cannot like read. No, a, no. Like he cannot they, cut. Look, I'll tell you, like. Jonathan Brooks, Trey Benson, like one of those dudes. Like Brooks is kind of a risk because he's not going to be ready until training camp. But like one of those dudes, I would even say. Um, Sign Saquon Barkley. Let's get it moving. Um, I don't think they're going to do that. Yeah. But uh, I, I think one of those dudes like that, um, even uh, like, oh, I think Will Shipley would be great in Bobby mm-hmm. Sloak's offense. I think that Braylon Allen would be really good yeah. in that offense. So I think they need to look at the running at back the, from Missouri. From, uh, from Michigan that scored a thousand touchdowns. Oh, like Corum. Like Corum. Oh, yeah, he'd be fantastic for them. Like, yeah, that, yeah. I think the, like one of those guys they need to do that um, mm-hmm. for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just saw the 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 Murphy like uh, thing or not Murphy. Uh, sorry, Thomas thing, and I was like, 
This guy's sick. Like, I was like, that would be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> but, fantastic route runner, really oh, fast, yeah. catches everything they throw at him. Yeah, he's 6'4", yeah, yeah. he runs like yeah, a 4'3". It's sick. Yeah. So if you have him and Nico Collins on the outside and Tank, Tank Dell, Dell and yeah. Xavier Hutchinson score on the inside. a 1,000 points a game. We yeah. probably wouldn't be able to stop yeah. anybody, That's but the whatever. Uh, they have Xavier Hutchinson from Iowa State, who was like their fourth or fifth wide receiver yeah, last year. Yeah, underused. Let's, let's see how he develops in year two, because I think he's – Quite the quite the quite the player. We'll see. So I think the future is bright for your Texans. One could only hope. Uh, uh, as a Texans fan, it's uh, like uh, wait to find out. Though I'll, I'll tell you, um, there's two teams, and we'll talk about them tomorrow a little bit. I think this will be one. Two teams that are in a rebuild, but they're good. That don't know they're in a rebuild. That's the tease. That's the tease. I will say. Oh, two teams Ooh. that don't know their fans may not realize they're in a rebuild, mm. or they may have to. Um, but they won't – one of them will not have the common decency to be bad enough <laughs> to be rebuilt, and Garrett knows exactly what I'm talking about right now. And the other one has such salary cap issues that you're going to see a completely different version of them next year. We'll talk about it tomorrow when Steven Simcox is here. Uh, this is the Triple Option on 365 Sports. Don't know what's coming up on the show today yet because I have not talked to Smokey yet. Yeah, I'm still waiting to. <laughs> yeah, I haven't talked to Smokey yet today, but I'm sure it'll be good because that's what we do and that's what he does. Good content here, baby. <laughs> yes, this is 365 Sports. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. 